I've been covering Brian Johnson the last three years. But the other week, I found out something about him I didn't know. He skipped first grade. My high school coach always jokes that my parents wanted to get me out of the house sooner. (laughs) True story. Brian went to kindergarten at a prep school in East Texas where he grew up. The year after that, his parents put him in the public school system. When I entered the public school system, they like test you in. And so when they tested me in, I tested into the second grade. So I ended up skipping first grade after kindergarten. Like my mom tells this crazy story and it's like, now that I have kids, I find it hard to believe sometimes, but she was like, you could read at two. You were reading words at two and it was like really impressive. This has been a running theme throughout Brian Johnson's life. He's always been a step ahead. When he signed a national letter of intent with the University of Utah in 2004, he was just 16. The next year, at 17, he took over the Utes' starting quarterback job for reigning player of the year, Alex Smith, and he went on to win more games than any other quarterback in school history. At 22, he was named Utah's quarterback's coach, and in 2011, he became the youngest offensive coordinator in the country, two weeks shy of his 25th birthday. You've always been ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. How's, how's that kind of affected your career? You know, you learn so much, you don't know what you don't know. You go into it with like this eagerness, you know, this growth mindset of how can I do this? How can I get better at it? And that's something that I've just always carried with me uh, in terms of, you know, my approach every single day. Like to me, it has never been about age. It's always been about the traits. You know, if somebody has great traits, you can teach them whatever they're willing to learn. And uh, that's kind of always been my, my mentality. Brian was hired by the Eagles in 2021 when Nick Sirianni got the head coaching job. Once again, it seemed like he was on the fast track. This time, as the Eagles quarterback's coach, the Jalen Hurts whisperer. When Shane Steichen left to coach the Colts last offseason, it was just about a foregone conclusion that Brian would be his replacement. He was officially introduced as the Eagles' new offensive coordinator in May. Hey, good to see you guys. Good to see you. 13 minutes with Brian because they got a meeting at 2. How's it going? How's everybody doing? But in the early days of the 2023 season, this much was clear. The 36-year-old Johnson had to adapt in his new job. Hurts takes the snap, starts to run, and they're all over him. It doesn't work. Not at all. It doesn't work. The Eagles still are missing something on offense. Are you concerned with the play calling of Brian Johnson? Oh, my God, man. Brian Johnson's a dope. It just seems like things aren't working perfectly, and I put that on Brian Johnson. I think he's on notice a little bit. I really think that uh, Jalen is just not jiving with the play calling. It's not jiving. It didn't take long for Brian Johnson to become a lightning rod on social media and talk radio. But here's another perspective. Based on what I've seen lately and how the Eagles are handling their hardest stretch of the season, you can make the case that the narrative needs to be reframed. Brian's been dialing up big plays that have helped the Eagles win big games. And him embracing his role and him attacking it the way he has, I think he's just done a great job of that. Good or bad, he kind of stays stays the course. He has a plan of how he wants to call the game. I see the evolution of a game caller, uh, a guy who's calling a game. In the midst of what's become known as the Eagles' 2023 gauntlet, I wanted to pull back the curtain on Brian Johnson and his play calling. I talked to Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey, Nick Sirianni, former colleagues and experts, and Brian himself. Does he really deserve this much scrutiny? 
I think, you know, your personality has to kind of show through. Like, I can't try to be someone else. They'll call you out for it, and they should. I'm always going to be myself. I'm Jeff McClain, and this is Uncovering the Birds, a production of the Philadelphia Inquirer and KYW News Radio original podcasts, with new episodes dropping every three weeks. Season two, episode five Adapt or Die. It was a Friday before the Eagles' November 26 home overtime win against the Buffalo Bills, and Nick Sirianni called me on his drive home from the NovaCare complex. He just heard what happened in the game between the Dolphins and the Jets that afternoon. So I was I was in my car. Ryan called me. He's like, "Did you see this?" I said, "Yeah, yeah I heard they got a big sick. He goes, "Do you know what play it was on?" I go, "I go what?" He goes, "El Mary." I go, "No way!" <laughs> so I I didn't see it. I'm in the car. So Nick wasn't calling me just to shoot the breeze about the NFL. He was calling me to talk about Brian Johnson. I wanted to know what he really thought about Brian's play calling and how their relationship has evolved in their first three years together, especially now that Brian is in his first year as offensive coordinator. Nick was honest. At first, he didn't know much about Brian. Was Brian my guy when he first got here? No, because I never worked with him. I didn't know him very well, but is he my guy now? Heck yeah. There's no reason not to take Nick at his word. Their first year in Philadelphia, he. Brian, and the rest of the offensive coaching staff tapped into Jalen Hurts and lit the fuse for his breakout season a year ago that ignited a Super Bowl run. So far this year, in spite of an occasional head-scratcher and some ups and downs, the Eagles are actually right around where they were last year. Top three in scoring and top ten in yards per game. They've even figured out the red zone. Most of all, with Brian as offensive coordinator, the Eagles are still winning. A lot. That's what's cool about football. That's what's cool about being part of a team. You know, not only the relationships that you build with your players, but also the relationships you build with, you know, with your with your coaches. And so, like, my guy Brian, he's doing a good job. I also spoke with Brian a few days before the Bills game. If he had heard any of the outside noise, he didn't show it. Yeah, I'm not easily faced. I've had a chance to go through a bunch of good times and a bunch of adversity. And I think... You know, ultimately, like, those are just opportunities for you to reveal your character, you know, even more so than build it. So how did Brian Johnson get here? How did he become a rising star in the NFL coaching ranks? Dan Mullen is a big part of Brian's story. 20 years ago, he went to see Brian play at Baytown Lee High School in Texas. I went out to practice, and I'm watching practice, and I loved him. And I said, hey... You know, this is the type of kid that we want. And because he was a backup going into his senior year, nobody had really recruited him. This was 2003. Dan was fresh into his new gig as the quarterback's coach at the University of Utah. His boss was the next big thing in college football, Urban Meyer. Utah already had a starting quarterback in place, eventual number one pick, Alex Smith. But they needed a backup, and not just any backup, someone who could eventually replace Smith. Mullen thought Brian Johnson was the guy and made his pitch. I was telling Urban Meyer, I'm like, we need to offer him. And he's like, all right, well, I love all the things. I trust you. And he said, let's wait till he plays his first game his senior year. They went to his game. And I'm like, you know, he went like 25 of 29 for 290 yards passing. He led, coached everybody on the team. And I said, I, you know, I call Herb. I said, hey, listen, I said, I, I, it's everything you want to see, I just saw in the game. He's like, great offer. Like, give him the official, official offer that he can commit to right now. And so we did, you know, and from there, he was pretty much coming to come play for us. 
Brian could throw, his feet were quick enough in the pocket to keep plays alive, but he wasn't a freakish athlete. What he did have were all the intangibles. Leadership, toughness, intelligence. Even back then, Dan Mullen saw coaching material. He gave Brian one task that first year in 2004. Follow Alex Smith everywhere. Alex would come to, after practice, he would come to the coaches' meetings at night. So 11 o'clock at night, he's still in the coaches' meeting. We're breaking down the film, watching the film, reviewing everything, and sitting right next to him is Brian because Brian, I, he's like, Coach, you told me I, whatever Alex does, I do. So he, I just follow him around. These quarterback meetings were so interesting, like my very first quarterback room, because it was myself, it was Alex, and then the two walk-on quarterbacks are now doctors. We would have like these really in-depth like life conversations. The discussions in there are certainly definitely not G-rated, probably not PG-rated. I mean, there's some things that go on that nobody ever wants to leave that room within the team, media, anything. We had this Thanksgiving argument about sweet potato pie versus pumpkin pie. And like, it was just rag on each other all the time. It was, it was a, it was a really, really eye-opening room. He was around it since he was 17 years old. He just, he kind of bought in and he was, he was there the whole time following Alex that, that his, his whole time. And then before he had to take over. Off the field, Brian lived in Alex's basement for three months. On the field, during Utah's undefeated 2004 season, Brian was the one who came in and gave Smith relief. He was the youngest person ever to play in a major bowl game. He played in the Fiesta Bowl. He was still 17 years old. Alex very rarely played a fourth quarter. So Brian played a lot of mid-third and all of fourth quarters for most of the season. So got a lot of playing experience. Which was important. Because after that season, Alex Smith was drafted number one by the 49ers. Urban Meyer left for Florida. And he took Dan Mullen with him. Brian had to adapt to a new coaching staff. This time as Utah's 18-year-old starting quarterback. This was his moment, his first chance to fill some big shoes with a lot of eyes on him. That's just kind of been my personality from the jump is like I'm pretty even killed and really solution-based. If it's going good, how do we keep it going good? And if it's not, how do we fix it and get better? Brian had his travails in college. Utah didn't have immediate success. He lost a season to injury. But when he was a senior in 2008, he led Utah to its best season ever, a 12-0 record, number two ranking in the country, and a Sugar Bowl win over Alabama. From afar, Dan Mullen was keeping tabs on the kid he recruited from Baytown, Texas. He walked on the field and put a beat down on Nick Saban. I mean, not, not many people have done that. And he did it as a player. I mean, they, they went in, Utah went in and beat the crap out of Alabama. And he's the quarterback. He's played in the biggest stages. He's coached in some of the biggest stages. And even though he's still really young, he has that maturity about him. And I think he has the confidence because he knows it. This quality is one of the biggest reasons why Dan thinks Brian is cut out to be the Eagles' offensive coordinator, specifically on the heels of a season like last year, when the Eagles reached the Super Bowl and reset expectations that are now through the roof. Dan gets the mindset of Philly sports fans. He was born in Drexel Hill, and played his college ball at Ursinus. He knows what Brian's up against. You sit there, and I laugh. They're 8-1, and one, and one of the best offenses in the NFL, right? And everyone's, like, freaking out, like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on with the team this year? I'll talk to him a bunch. And he's like, the, the problem comes, you can be a victim of your own success, right? Where 
all of a sudden the ex the bar that he's walked into is extremely high. You know, I mean, it's six inches between a pat on the back and a kick in the ass. How did Brian Johnson make the jump from the helmet to the headset? What does it sound like when Brian's calm plays in the quarterback's ear? And just how good of a job is Brian doing so far? We'll get into that next. You want hometown coverage that's just as obsessed with Philly sports as you are? Then access your obsession 24-7 only at Inquire.com slash sports. Get in the huddle with over 40 expert reporters and editors all covering your birds and other Philly teams. Catch all the insights, analysis, and much more only at Inquire.com slash sports. Hey, this is Brian Seltzer. I love producing Uncovering the Birds and working with Jeff, just like I love working on the other podcasts we produce at KYW News Radio. We've got the John Cast, which takes you on these really fun, unique, and unexpected journeys about the people, places, and things in Philadelphia that make our city so distinct. There's also In Depth, which is my go to pod for thoughtful, down the middle analysis of current events and other topics affecting our world in Philly and beyond. Gone Cold explores unsolved murders in Philadelphia. Bridging Philly brings you stories that connect communities on the issues that matter most to you. And One on One has great conversations with people in sports you should absolutely know more about. So give the full slate of KYW News Radio original podcasts a listen. Download the free Odyssey app and follow KYW News Radio for Philly's best original podcasts right at your fingertips. I'm Jeff McLean, and this is Uncovering the Birds. Brian Johnson has needed some time to find his way Kong plays in his first year as Eagles offensive coordinator. But since day one, there's been no doubt about the type of guy he is. He's forged a critical bond with Jalen Hurts. There aren't many relationships in the NFL more important than with the franchise quarterback. He's about his business. I mean, you know, he's a guy, you know, so he's he's been doing this a very long time. And and he's been kind of one of a kind in it, in a sense, of just a, the, the experience and the route that he's taken to get to where he is now. Brian's impressed Jalen in another way, too. He's the first black offensive coordinator in Eagles history and was one of three black offensive coordinators in the league at the start of the 2023 season. Anything that is transcendent and um, monumental in terms of the history of where we come from and the opportunities that we've been given, I think it is definitely big and in high magnitude in terms of him having an opportunity um, and him embracing his role and him attacking it the way he has. I think he's just done a great job of that. And, it's no different than anyone else in terms of their color. It's just no different to having two African-American quarterbacks in the Super Bowl for the first time. I mean, anytime you're able to check off the box or something, that's a first. It's a big deal because it's not normal. It's not the norm. But like Jalen mentioned, there's a bottom line to this business. In the end, most coaches are like most players. The only thing they want to be judged upon is what happens on the field. And through 11 games, despite the Eagles' success, Despite scoring more points than he did at this point last year, Brian still hasn't won over a segment of the fan base. Brian's piecing together a puzzle. Dan Orlovsky is a former NFL quarterback. He's now an analyst and commentator for ESPN. All 11 pieces have to fit together on a consistent basis. 
And we could sit here and live in a world where you pretend that everybody, this one player just masks everything. No, it doesn't. It, it never has and it never will. This has been Brian Johnson's task. Make it all fit. And in big wins over Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo, Brian's ability to adjust against three of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL was pivotal. You know, you're trying to, how consistently can you make the, the ideal play call 70 times in a game. You know, it's not, that, that's why I say calling a game. Like anybody can say, hey, call this on first down. Well, what happens if you called a good play on first down and the defense called a better one? That, that's part of this is like, you sit there and go, oh, well, that was a good play. And, but they, they, they just called a better one. And so you're like, what's, what do we call the next first down? So it's that 70 times a game, you get to make a decision of what to do. And you're trying to make it right more often than not. That's, it's challenging. This is a dynamic Brian is up against every week. He had some experience calling plays in college, but he was never the primary guy. Now he is in the NFL doing all this for the first time. It's not like you're playing Madden. It's like wide receiver screen left. You know, so it's like, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But I get it. Like, sometimes it can come off as a little bit unorthodox. But I will say this, you know, like, if nobody did anything different, everybody would still be running the wing tee. So let's unpack the nuances a little more and try to get a better understanding of what it's like to call plays, how Brian does it, and the way his approach fits within the parameters of what Nick Sirianni wants. I think one of the unique things that if people ever wanted to see coaching, of like, oh, I could coach, I could do this, I could call plays. Dan Mullen was the head coach at Mississippi State and Florida. He's now an analyst for ESPN. He hired Brian Johnson, his former Utah recruit, to be his quarterback's coach at both schools and promoted him to offensive coordinator at Florida for the 2020 season. Go try to find out where the ball is, what yard line, down and distance, the hash. What personnel you have to have on the field? Call the play. Make sure it's going to work. Check that it's going to work. All of like all within about an eight six second period. There's a lot that goes on. Dan told me that with him and Brian, it got to the point where you couldn't tell who was calling what. One time, they took a personality test and were the closest match on the Mississippi State coaching staff. He didn't get enough credit, I don't think, for what how much he the input he gave. It, everything was always like, "Hey, you're the play caller. You do it all." And I said, listen, I, I, I understand that, but there's a lot of people, and Brian's a major part of the game plan, putting it all together, calling the plays, installing it all. And so I said, hey, you know what the best thing to do is for his career is I'm going to, hey, Brian, you got it. I'm going to try to step off a little bit, and you take the responsibility because I think that would have been a major step in his career potentially. Dan and Brian had a good run together. In fact, Dan was ready to hand full-time play calling duties over to Brian in 2021 if he hadn't left for the Eagles. Me and Dan would always joke about this. It's like, only call the ones that work, right? Never call the ones that don't work and only call the ones that work. And that's kind of like the creed that we live by. But, you know, I think in a vacuum, it's, it's very easy. Like when you're, when you're watching a game on TV and, you know, you see a particular play and you may not agree with, why would you do that play or all of that stuff happens. But I will say this, that very rarely in modern age football are we just calling one singular play. These plays have so many different options and can take on a life of their own based on sometimes presented on, you know, how the defense presents itself. You know, I think everybody in the building and understands that, but that doesn't always come to life if you're watching the game. So what does it sound like? 
to have Brian Johnson in your ear. His style is an extension of his personality. First and foremost, what I like about it is it's very calm. Marcus Mariota is in his first season as the Eagles' backup quarterback. I think as a quarterback, when you're out there, things are moving around, it's chaotic. When you're able to have a calming voice come over the headset and give you the play, that kind of calms you and calms your nerves down. So he's done a great job from that standpoint. And then I think he does a great job of just kind of feeling the game out. This approach tracks with the kind of guy Dan Mullen and Nick Sirianni described behind the scenes. I think the best play callers that I've been around kind of match the personality of the player and kind of just are not only a support system, but they're just a confident voice in their ear that allows them just to go out there and play. The play calling rhythm has been better lately. But Marcus confirmed there was a learning curve at the start of the season between Brian and Jalen Hurts. There is an adjustment period. And no matter how well the, the season went the year before or how well the player has played previously in his career, there's still a little bit of those quote-unquote growing pains. I asked Jalen about those growing pains at a recent press conference. Jalen, we've seen the offensive efficiency really increase over the last several weeks. How much of that is attributed to you and Brian just getting used to each other as quarterback and offensive coordinator? Yeah, it's um, a lot to do with that. Um, you have to have you have to have a feel, and that, that's a real thing. Just communicating, everybody being on the same page, everybody having those conversations that um, make us better. Brian Johnson has just kept plugging away. It's very collaborative, and like there's conversation, but there's never chaos. In conversations I've had with other offensive-minded sources around the league, one criticism I've heard is that sometimes the Eagles' offense lacks variety. But the sources always qualify observations like this by saying they don't know the original cause. I wanted to check that out, so I picked Jason Kelsey's brain. So when something's not working, you have one of two options, and I think it's either you try to do more stuff or you simplify it and you do less. And I think in the past a way that we've kind of gotten back to running the ball efficiently is we've simplified things and gotten to things that, you know, we're very, very good at. And each week we have a variety of plays, though. I don't think that the variety that's there on game day, I don't think that that feels like less. Okay. But you would say that that's accurate to say that you guys haven't run as many different... I I don't know. I I think that... um, So I wouldn't say that I necessarily feel like the variety is done. We've done less RPOs, maybe, it feels like. Um, but even that, I don't know if that's true. The design true. months are definitely, the QB designs are definitely. Well, the QB, just, yeah, that's been obviously Jalen, notably with the injury, the injury and stuff Hunter's like that. Now, yeah. yeah, so we've definitely done less of like the reads and the QB design runs, no doubt yeah. about it. Like Jason said, we have to keep in mind there are circumstances beyond Brian Johnson's control that dictate what the offense is capable of doing and what plays get called. There's injuries. There's the skill set of the players. There's part of the offense that's built around giving Jalen options and increasing freedom to change plays at the line of scrimmage. On top of that, the Eagles are playing some really good teams. Their schedule is harder this year than it was last year. And finally, this is Nick Sirianni's offense. He was the one who brought the system here. He develops the game plan, scripts the first 15 or so plays, offers suggestions throughout the game, and still calls a play here and there. This is how Nick explained it to me during our phone call before the Bills game. There's a lot of calls that are planned on being called prior to even Sunday being there because you have to because it's just you have to do it. You have to do it that way. Now, 
it, I don't want to, and I don't want to take the feel out of it and the adjustment out of it because there are, there is feel, there is adjustment that needs to happen on game day. That okay, they're not playing us the way we thought they were going to play. That happens a little bit, especially that happens more and more. The better you are on offense, right? The better you are on offense, the more you're gonna you're gonna get some things that you may not have seen on tape or that you only saw against certain players, right? We should remember this too. Calling plays is just one part of Brian's job. He has to dive into film. He has to help game plan. He coaches up dozens of players aside from the quarterback. He leads meetings. He has to coordinate the offense. Does Brian deserve credit when things go right and criticism when they don't? Yes. Is he the only variable in the offensive equation? No. This is about constant evolution and finding new and unique ways to do things and and making sure that, that we can get everybody to contribute to the offense in a positive manner. And like being able to manage all of that, I think is something that's, uh, that's really, really important. At this stage of the season, it's hard not to look ahead and wonder what's next. And there are a couple ways you can slice that. For a team like the Eagles, what's next could be another run to the Super Bowl. For a coordinator like Brian Johnson, what's next could be how he fares during the playoffs. But there's also another part of the what's next question for Brian Johnson. His name is already being mentioned as a 2024 head coach candidate. Whatever some people think of Brian here in Philadelphia, around the league, he's on the radar of NFL owners. I asked ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky what to make of Brian. Anybody could call plays. I could give you this sheet and go, hey, call, call plays. You could do that. And I think what I've seen from Brian over the last couple of games, maybe the last month, is like getting the feel for who they are this year in games. Like a play caller do a really good job of having a very clear plan of who they were going against and who the identity of the coordinator was and being like, this is the play. I see the evolution of a game caller, uh, a guy who's calling a game. But has Brian done enough to get serious consideration as a head coach? I've experienced time with him. I've had people who have spoken highly of him to me. So you definitely anticipate that's going to be a part of his future. But in the near future, like the now future, I don't, you still want to see that growth before that feels like a very real conversation. If you're one of Brian's critics who wants to see him leave, be careful what you wish for. Because Nick Sirianni lets his offensive coordinator call plays, the Eagles are now at risk of losing continuity between the play caller and quarterback, a dynamic that Jalen Hurts has often stressed the importance of. Dan Mullen was one of the first people who believed in Brian, first as starting quarterback material at Utah, then later on as a coach. Brian might not be a finished product as a coordinator, but Dan understands how much he's already brought to the Eagles. I can see the things that Brian brought to the offense, right? That I don't really know Nick, but I can guarantee you he was never running some of these plays before Brian got there. Stuff that we we did and created a long time ago and, and have done for a long time. But more importantly, and especially as a play caller, you have to think like the players, right? And Brian understands this from the position. Brian's a guy that really understands that. How to do it, how to run the game, how to manage the game through the mind of the quarterback that's on the field. In Philly, it's hard to please the natives. Brian Johnson's not alone. Nick Sirianni even gets it at home. Sometimes, like my wife says, like she's like, why? Like when she doesn't understand always, like you can't just run outside. Like 
you know, it's like, what the heck are they doing? But there is, shoot, we want, we want every play to work. Uh, and yeah. it's just, that's not the reality of, you know, they're, they're good too. And, um, there's sometimes you're running it to set things up. Sometimes you're running it to, to get out of a bad place. Sometimes you're running it to, you know, it's just the way it is. So far, wherever Brian Johnson's football career has taken him, it's worked out in the end. In his new role as Eagles offensive coordinator, he's showing, if anything, he can adjust. How much? Time will tell. Just like anything, like you either adapt or you die. That's just that's just something that that, you, that everybody has to has to live with at this point in time because it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And so whatever you need to do to internalize that or to make sure that it doesn't affect you in a negative way, you have to do it. You know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my process there and, and how I'll let all that play out. This is Uncovering the Birds, a production of the Philadelphia Inquirer and KW News Radio original podcast. Our producer is KW News Radio's Brian Seltzer. Tom Rickard is KW News Radio's director of podcasting. The executive producer from the Philadelphia Inquirer is Renee Eiffel. Special thanks to Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're enjoying Uncovering the Birds, please help us spread the word. You can always leave us a review or a rating. It helps a lot. Listen to Uncovering the Birds free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, or go to inquire.com slash podcasts. We'll be dropping new episodes every three weeks. I'm Jeff McLean. You can follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Jeff underscore McLean, or search for my name on Instagram or Facebook. We'll talk to you soon.